Our text will be Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30. And before I read it, I will say, truly my family and I have been blessed in in a variety of ways this weekend by being with all of you. We appreciate the hospitality. Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We see here Jesus offers rest, not just for the body or for the mind, but specifically for our soul. I don't know what you think of when you think of rest, uh, but perhaps you think of sleep or having a break, getting a breather, having a holiday, a time out or a time off or a vacation, a period of relaxation perhaps, or relief, rest, uh, peace, or calm, calmness, stillness, silence. We like rest. The hum- human body regularly needs physical rest, and sleep for a variety of reasons. I understand the medical experts say proper rest helps the human body maintain healthy brain function and physical health. Proper sleep for children uh, supports healthy growth and development. Uh, young parents know very well that inadequate sleep makes children cranky and irritable. Sometimes adults too. (laughs) Lack of sleep and rest will leave a human brain and the human body exhausted. Lack of sleep and rest will uh, cause us over time, if if we don't get rest, uh, it'll cause uh, problems for us to be able to focus. Our ability to focus is inhibited uh, on tasks or to be able to think clearly can affect our memory. So... Uh, And uh, there are a lot of other consequences for lack of rest, including it can affect our metabolism or our blood pressure, can increase the risk of chronic health problems. So we thankful when we can get rest. Who needs rest? Well, we all do, don't we? Especially in our text we see those that labor and are heavy laden. To labor is to toil with wearisome effort. Heavy laden is to be weighted down with burdens. Can you think of a time in your life, I'm sure you can, where perhaps you're working, toiling, uh, late into the night. Uh, I think of my college days when a few times I pulled an all-nighter or sometimes driving late at night, which it's harder to do these days, but when I was a little bit younger, I was able to do that better. But there came a point where I was so exhausted and my eyelids were so heavy and I was so 
tired and, and my body said, you can't do this any longer. And I got to a point where more than once where perhaps you can relate where we felt like I cannot do this any longer. I must get rest. I must pull over and take a nap before I continue to drive on. I think of youth camp. Counselors and campers can relate uh, at the end of a long youth camp, long for camp, uh, for counselors or for staff. It's never long enough for the campers, but I can think at the end of a camp like that where you're coming home and your body says, I need rest. Perhaps even after a long day, after your child uh, gets married or, or you're heavily involved in putting on a wedding, that can affect uh, our need for rest. But here in our text, we see that the human soul is in desperate need a real rest, uh, stillness, relief. Our soul cries out for rest. The mental turmoil, the spiritual unrest uh, is exhausting. And Jesus here is speaking to those specifically who are at, a, at, at the point, spiritually speaking, where they feel like uh, and they, uh, they might be saying it to themselves, I cannot carry this burden any longer. I can no longer live in anguish or agonize about my soul's condition. This is too exhausting, too consuming. My guilt, my shame, my condemnation are all too heavy on my conscience. I need rest. I need relief. The soul cries out for freedom, freedom from sin, freedom uh, in a place of rest, of calmness, stillness for the soul. So Jesus is saying here, come unto me and I will give you rest. Not just rest for the body for the day, but rest for the soul uh, for lifetime on earth and eternity leaning on the everlasting arms. What an invitation, what a promise. And He promises He shall find rest. Which gives us a clue, which Jesus always knows, we are looking for rest. The soul is looking for rest. People sometimes look in the wrong directions for rest for their soul, but Jesus says, I will give you rest. I will lift your burden. I will give your conscience relief. Your restless uh, agony that you're feeling, I can bring relief. Come unto me, and I will give you rest. In this text, we see there's three actions that Jesus calls us to. One is come, the other is take, the other one learn. Perhaps we'll mainly focus on come unto me. Jesus says, come unto me. It's an invitation to approach him. Approach me, Jesus says. You don't need to stand the far off. Come into my presence, Jesus says. Draw near to me with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Come boldly to the throne of grace. And you will, uh, you'll find that you are received. No one that comes to Jesus is cast out or rejected. And we'll find rest for our soul will find grace to help in time of need. This is one of the sweetest personal invitations found in the New Testament. It shows the Lord's willingness uh, not uh, not only to uh, accept us if we 
make the effort to come. But before we even make an effort, He invites us. And He came down to us. We could never come to Him had Jesus not come down to us. Thank God for Jesus. Who is Jesus inviting to come to find this rest for their souls? Well, in our text we see, All ye that labor and are heavy laden, all that labor restlessly and are weighted down, come unto me, Jesus says. This expression is likened to a man who has a great load laid upon him which he must carry to a certain uh, place. But the picture is that every step he takes, it reduces his strength and renders his load uh, more heavy. In other words, the longer you carry the, the, the weight of sin, the longer you're carrying this weight, Jesus uh, paints a picture, the heavier that load gets. So, Jesus says, uh, while everyone's invited to come and find this rest, we'll touch on three different groups quickly. The first group is the Jewish people Jesus was speaking to who were laboring under hard labor, if you will, under the yoke of the old law, the old Levitical system with all its rituals and ceremonies was a heavy yoke for the people to bear. Uh, people struggled under that system to find rest. Some did find it by faith. Some were able to see Jesus, the Lamb of God, ahead of time by faith. But many struggled to find real rest for their conscience under their old system. Few actually found it, especially because the old religious leaders, those rabbis, uh, scribes and Pharisees, they added uh, additional uh, legalistic rules and interpretations of uh, of the law, whether it was oral or written, to where the burden was so heavy for the people to bear. In fact, Jesus indicted the scribes and Pharisees for their hypocrisy and place, for placing undue burdens on the people. In Matthew 23, verse 4, we, we see Jesus says, For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be born, and lay them on men's shoulders. But hear this, he says, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. So Jesus, Jesus, first of all, is inviting that audience there present. He's speaking to that Jewish audience, and he's saying, come unto me, and you'll find salvation by faith. Without the works of the law, come unto me and you'll find, instead of seeking refuge in those burdensome rituals, you can find rest in me, Jesus says. And we certainly can apply even that to all of us today because it is possible for people to be very religious. And we want to be religious about things holy, things that draw us closer to God. We can be religious about coming to church and still miss Jesus and still not have rest for our souls. So come unto me, Jesus says, and I will give you rest. The second group Jesus is inviting to is all individuals whose hearts are burdened down by sin and unrest and guilt. Sin produces a heavy burden, doesn't it? We all were there before we found the rest that only Jesus can offer. Sin brings so much heartache, turmoil, condemnation, unrest. The guilt, the shame uh, brings us to a place uh, of no rest, no, no relief, no comfort. That's how the sinner is. 
In fact, Isaiah, and we see this in Isaiah 57, verse 20 and 21, he paints a really uh, vivid picture of what the sinner or the wicked uh, is going through. And only God can reveal this because we cannot see people's hearts. We might think people are looking happy and peaceful and restful on the outside. But here's what Isaiah says. But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There's no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. In other words, the wicked are like the troubled sea that does not rest, whose waters constantly are beating against the shore. The soul of the sinner is described here as a, it's a, st- a state of unrest, of agony, of agitation. Uh, the, uh, our conscience, when we're in a state of rebellion against God, our conscience is like that troubled sea that constantly brings up the old dirt from the past, if you will. The prospect of God's displeasure and judgment constantly agitates the conscience. That's what Isaiah is describing here. The enslaving nature of sin, obviously, continues to pile on that sin and that burden. And there's no relief except through the blood of Jesus. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. So we read in our scripture reading, and I'd like to revisit just a few verses here of that scripture reading in Psalm 38. David describes the state of the sinner, his condition at the time, because of his sin of adultery and murder. And uh, uh, he gives us a picture that perhaps many of us were there uh, to some extent. Uh, and we had to be, we had to experience this conviction in order to be, to play, come to a place where we cry out for rest. So look in verse one and two, Lord, O Lord, rebuke me not, he says, in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure, for thine arrows stick fast in me, and thy hand presseth me sore. In other words, David is saying here, your arrows of wrath, God, and displeasure and rebuke have sunk deep into me. I am crushed under the weight of my sin, under the weight of your hand. In other words, the Holy Ghost conviction is unrelenting, God. Verse 3, there is no soundness in my flesh. Or there, soundness, there is wholesomeness or health, wellness. He says, there is no relief in any part of me. There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger. Neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. I am physically ill because of my sins. Because of the turmoil and, and condemnation. It's a difficult place to be. For the moment, and as David is describing here, we'll just look a couple more verses here. Uh, but it's a place that brings a man or a woman to, or a young man or a young woman to the place where they say, I can't take this any longer. I need relief. And we cry out to Jesus. Verse 4, For my iniquities are gone over mine head as a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. In other words, we would say something like, my iniquities loom over my head or over my conscience. They're always there. I can't get rid of them. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. 
Verse 6, I am troubled and I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. In other words, I'm in misery. I am crushed, mourning all day long. I'm in mourning and, and, and misery. How many of us could testify, have testified that I was miserable until Jesus saved me, until I finally came to Him and laid my burden down. David concludes in this, we didn't read in our scripture reading, but we see verse 21 and 22. He concludes by crying out to God for salvation. We want to, we don't want to remain in that state of misery. No, it, it paints a real picture. The, the place, it is God's grace that brings us to place where we recognize our sinfulness and our rebellion, that it is our sins that nailed them to the cross. And it is at that place when we're not sorry because we got caught. We're not sorry that, that it brought, our sin brought shame to our family or to ourselves. No, we're sorry that we grieved God and it's our sins that nailed Jesus to the cross. And we get to a point of brokenness. And we come to Jesus. He says, forsake me not, O Lord, in verse 21 of Psalm 38. Oh my God, be not far from me. Make, make haste. To help me, O Lord, of my salvation. So Jesus is our rest. He offers rest from the burden of sin. Perhaps if you're in that condition this morning here, God's grace brought you here this morning. And it is the love of God that speaks to us in a way that it just penetrates to the soul. Only Jesus, only the blood of Jesus can purge the conscience from dead works. Only Jesus can give you a clear conscience, can remove the condemnation. Some, some people try to drown out that's their sorrows or they seek relief and, or escape from their uh, guilt and shame through uh, substance abuse or other things or even drowning the, themselves in entertainment. But there's no relief. I tell you, come to Jesus. I couldn't help as we were here in meeting Friday night and how precious the Spirit of the Lord is in the prayer room and couldn't help but think and, and around the altars of prayer and this morning the same way. In every meeting we enjoy the presence of the Lord. Uh, uh, the, the Lord sees feet, fit because holy people uh, consecrated unto Him, dedicate all to Him and seek w with one purpose just to see Jesus glorified. Just that someone would get a glimpse of Jesus saying, come unto me. And the Holy Spirit just ushers us in. The prayers of the saints ushers in into the presence of God. And it's so easy at the moment. We're right there at the feet of Jesus. Ushered in by the prayers of the saints, the music, the, the, the specials, the, the, the grace of God that reaches us. I, the only way I could describe it when I was at my first youth camp there in California as a 12 year old, I could only describe it as a magnet. The love of God was like a, like a magnet that just drew me to himself. And you get to a point where Jesus says, and he's speaking to each one of us by name, come unto me. This is your moment, your opportunity to find rest for your souls. This is one of those opportunities that Jesus has provided. The grace of God is here in a mighty way to transform your heart and life. 
to change you from the inside out. To, if you're saved this morning, the third group that this we, we were going to speak to is the Christians. Many are heavy laden with burdens, but also even if you've been saved, that carnal nature is not gone yet. God can purge that carnal nature and give you rest entirely. Your whole being is, is at rest and only desires to honor God and to glorify Him, to praise Him, to serve Him, to be a vessel unto honor. So this morning, if there's any part and your mind and your heart and uh, whatever, the, whether it's a stress or agony or uh, specifically sin, while Jesus says, bring all your burdens to the cross. Bring them all to Jesus. And He'll usher you right into the presence of the Father. Lay all your burdens down and He'll give you rest. What a privilege to have this mo- moment, this morning to pray again. We'll sing 491, have a time to pray.